circus freak show rolled into one. Woo. What's up? I mean, you are a circus freak show. I'll give you that. Absolutely. So, so start us off. So I can't use any of this. <laughs> I can't use <laughs> it. This is all just like downhill. The snowball has rolled far too long. And I feel so, like it melted into a terrible little This bottle. is Scrubland. <laughs> Episode 69. 69! The New Hope. Uh, we were hoping for a third echo there. But Tuesday, Bur- Tuesday, Tuesday. Chris Burroughs... Uh, not, what, why not, am I doesn't deck? want to play our game. Sorry, this episode is so epic. You, Incredible. I feel like epic. I feel like you blew it, man. <laughs> you blew it. Um, <laughs> Speaking of sixty-nine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a podcast about Magic the Gathering cards. <laughs> um, you wouldn't know it. It's actually a nature podcast. A, <laughs> if you listen to the pre-show, discussing <laughs> the words, tigers yeah. and buffalo, um, and how they. Love each other. I mean, they love each other very much, but we're not going to get into that because this is a Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, It's Uh, how saber-toothed tigers. So, if you want to talk about raging wildebeest, you want to talk about stampeding wildebeest. That's yeah. So, stampeding wildebeest and savannah lions. Not savannah Um, lions. We're we're tigers. Oh, whatever. Saber-toothed tigers. Uh, Saber-toothed lion. Matenta lion. What what other tigers are there? Stalking tigers. Stalking. They go in the same deck. King cheetah. Uh, not a tiger, right? King cheetah is a cheetah. It, it is creature type cheetah. I believe it's probably what? cat. I doubt that. It's probably been ratted to cat. Yeah, it's yeah. probably just cat. I think it was probably cat when they made it. <laughs> to be honest, uh, three two with flash for four. Hooray! It's a great thing. Oh, about, cards. What's that? It was one of the first cards Silver I owned. Silver main so lion. I know that one. Which card? Silver main lion or white main lion? That's what it is. Oh, the one that's in the new Venser deck. Flash. It's a flash, but it returns something else to your hand. Yeah, right? yeah. I used to have uh, that. that card was the nuts when you could stack damage. Yeah. Yep. And now it's just somewhat good with coming to play effects. Okay. <laughs> Wee. Uh, costs way too much mana for that, but it costs three and a white. Yeah. I I don't like. That's why we were playing Saving Grass with our Fiend Hunters, not a, not the line. When they when they changed the rules, when they like did the big M10 rules change, and they were like, "Oh, look at all these cards that don't work so good anymore." Oh, it's so sad. And like, uh, it was like Shaper Parasite was like one of my favorite cards. Like this morph that gave something plus two minus two to any creature, and it was like super tricky. You could stack damage. Like one of the most complicated cards in Time Spiral Block. And uh, you basically just you ba- no, you basically just used it to abuse players uh, at the shop because they had no idea how the rules worked. <laughs> and I feel like you know all of those arguments have gone away now. Like everyone has just accepted oh, our our new simpler magic overlords. I can't piss I can't anyone off anymore. Go back to stacking combat damage. Go back. It's gonna happen. Uh, and then all the cards what? they printed in the last two years are <laughs> going to become abs. No, they're going to become insane. Some broken. of the cards, they, some of the cards they've made after like damage goes back on the stack are nuts. Nutter butters. Like I don't know of them off Thornling's the top of my good. head, but like some the of them noodles. actually become very very good. <laughs> Thornling. Do many trample sure. damage. Thornling. On the stack. That's the first one. And then I'll make them huge. I mean, we can make a big long list. Or just indestructible. Why why would we want to do that? Ever. Um, We do have more timely things to talk about, I suppose. (sighs) So what happened? Baltimore Invitational. Mm, Right. GP Uh, Kuala Lumpur. And GP Max. Not not that we really want to talk about that. We can talk about Mexico City real quick. Paul won. Good job. That's the only thing anyone knows about it, because Mexico City doesn't have internet too good. Yeah, like they're... And... (laughs) uh, 
something about the cartel and not safe conditions to have a Grand Prix at. <laughs> That's pretty much all I got out of Twitter. And then a picture there of Paul Reitzel holding a trophy. Half of the attendants so. of GP Mexico City were actually gutted and filled with heroin and sent yep. over. <laughs> All right. That's what happened. All right. Over under, more people got their cards stolen from them at GP Baltimore than GP Mexico City. Uh, I mean, like, I'll honestly. You like, honestly. You that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, to be the, fair. The thefts at GP Baltimore were very well publicized. So Mexico City is, is a place where <laughs> chiclets are used as currency. So... <laughs> Um, so you're you saying that these really... pieces of cardboard that people say, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like a $100 piece of cardboard because it's foil and rare. And some Mexican kid's going to look at it and be like, okay. Can I chew it? Like, honestly, <laughs> I mean, these things have no value. So, like, why would I want to steal it? Like, who are they going to hawk it to on the street? She talked to kid? me about some pogs, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, they might as well be pogs. Oh, man, if they made sleeves for pogs. Boom. Like rare pogs, they made like in they made like these plastic they, cylinders. Yeah, to, they, so they had the tubes. Your pogs in. Uh, no, I actually I had a trading binder. Now that I think about it, I had a trading binder for my pogs. What, what, is, what does a binder sheets? look yeah, like? Yeah, it, it had a it had like it looked like a trading card, like sheet. a coin collector's. Sheet yeah, kind but of? it was like you put the pogs in it. I'm not kidding. I know. I yeah. wish I was, but the yeah. dirty looks are because we know you're not kidding. <laughs> Definitely. Oh man, I was the coolest kid. The coolest kid. Did you, you guys didn't trade pogs with no. other kids? I beat up kids who played pogs. Oh. <laughs> did, you, you? did you sit on them? <laughs> no, they were children. <laughs> I could just kick them because <laughs> they're on the ground like pogs. I punted kids because they were playing this game. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> God, I only liked beating up kids that were smaller than me. Hmm. And look at where it got you. Yeah. Everyone's right. smaller than mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't hold uh, a grudge. Good. Uh, <laughs> uh, GP Kuala, you Kuala Lumpur. Uh, home to the Pro Tour a couple years ago. Yuya Watanabe. Yeah, took it down. Victorious again. He won it, and he made the list that put, like, five other people into the top 16. His 75. The exact same list. Yeah. And uh, for that's, the record, that's kind of a if Yu Yu Watanabe ever handed me a list, I'd be like, oh, yeah. all right, I'll okay, play yes, absolutely. I'll it's play like, this. Well, I really want to play this brew, but Yu Yu Watanabe handed me yeah, this list. Exactly. So. I, I mean, it's kind of play. a big Like, the format was standard, and he was playing a blue white, blue white Delver list, which Just like probably kind of isn't weird, surprising. Well, he was playing like a weird Delver list that was like. Kind of an amalgamation of Finkel's list. Well, not Finkel. I guess Sam Black and Crew's list. Yeah. The one that Finkel played. And then, you know, old school thing of uh, Spirits. So it was just like stocked up on Instance and Sorceries and played with uh, two Dungeon Geists. Four Thought Scours, Pretty baby. psyched about that. I mean, we we're me and Burroughs were talking about it a little while ago. And DCL was just kind of playing some weird video game. He's like, four Thought Scours? That seems weird. And, like, it does seem weird because everyone's right. kind of on two. Well, okay. And, like, when you see, like, the, the, the mirror match especially kind of play out, like, Thought Scour is kind of the best card in the it, deck. It beats well, when like, they set up the Delver, which is just nuts. It beats the, beating, the, the setup of the Delver, and it just gives you a huge clock. If you resolve your rune Channer's Pike first, yep. like, that's a huge deal. Like, yeah. Like, just having so much gas in your bin. So this, so what's happening is, like, you play the mirror, your opponent ponders, and then you play a thought... Like, it's sorcery speed. They're going to keep the top no, three. It's a... Instant, the, oh, no, ponder the ponder's speed. a sorcery yeah. speed. 
they're going to keep the top three and like draw one, set up their Delver, and then on your turn or at the end of turn, you, you Thought Scour them. and then do it to them. Right. So, and the biggest thing that makes Thought Scour amazing is not only does it mill for two, it also draws a card. So it's like, it makes like, the thing about some of the Delver lists is that Snapcaster wasn't very good because Ponder was sorcery speed. Gitaxian Probe was sorcery speed. Playing Thought Scour lets you play Snapcaster as just a cantrip. Right. At instant speed, like uh, during their end step. So, that's so you what, get value out of him, and... That's what was blowing my mind. I was like, so nobody plays Gitaxin Probe anymore? I thought that card was insane, because it was just free It is really good, but it's with, like, the aggro decks that are out there, like Black Blue Zombies, Red Green Aggro, like, they're very aggressive. I mean, humans, you know, it's just very aggressive, and they put such a fast clock on you that the two life, like, is actually a liability. Like so when and on doubled with the fact that it lets you just play your snapcasters better. Right. Like right. that was just a reason to play. You can with draw the card at instant scouts. speed. Well, yeah. so so kind mental note being instant speed is like a big deal. I, I re- I'm really happy with that. About that about it's that. it's a really big deal in, in this deck particularly because it makes your rune chanter's pike so good, it makes your snapcaster so good, it's so good against the mirror. Like it's just a great card. Okay, so here's the thing that th- there were two things that were really shocking to me, other than the thought scour. Um no, no, so, no sort of, no sort of worm piece in the correct. Deck. Like no, they're just three pikes, three pikes, right. only equipment. Uh, two invisible stalkers. It's got, it actually so. has a sort of worm piece in the board. Okay, but it's got two invisible stalkers, right? Yeah. All right, so like a lot of decks from the Star City Open, like we're playing three. There were, there were a bunch of Delver decks that did very well, and they were all kinds. But one thing that held true for a lot of them were that they had the Spirit Makers. And Watanabe's list that did very well in Malaysia just had the Moreland Haunt. Yeah, even more None. than that, the reason that the no Dungeon Guys was no so nuts was because uh, you can't, like, they were setting up to beat the Delver decks, and you can't beat a Dungeon Geist that is tapping down. Like, you pretty much just can't beat it when you land a Lord, especially when you land Double Lord. And now it's just, like, it's just value. Well, like, Dungeon Geist is also, like, <clears throat> he probably just got a lot of residual value out of just playing out the what looked like the regular Delver plan. Mm-hmm. So people would just board in to like whiff flares and stuff, thinking like, oh, that just beats him. He's got he's obviously right. playing Delver you know, lingering souls. He's obviously playing like Midnight Haunting, something of that. Well so I nature. mean it's still gonna so get your guys to say draft. It's still gonna get your invisible stalker. Right, but it's not gonna hit Dungeon Geist. And he it's actually, actually not that good because you're not playing spirit generators so they're actually just holding kind of bad cards in there and post board he actually probably boards out the other two invisible stalker because he's got the perfect slot in of two other dungeon guys out of his board right which is just just beats that so is dungeon guys like secretly one of the best cards out of the new set that like it's not secret it's like like, not not anymore but when that card came out like it was not like the big fanfare card like people were not excited at pro tour dark ascension what everyone thought the best deck was had four dungeon guys that's at the pro tour i'm saying when the set came out the set came out weeks before the pro tour happened nobody was excited about dungeon geist because he he has like what is considered kind of a bad necrotol ability they were just like, oh, he's just a bad phantom monster. Like, right. He's like, he costs, he, he's he like, like a an good, aver- he looks like an average monster. rare. There we go. He, he's an average rare, right. is what he looks like. And is it because he's a spirit? So these decks have like found ways to use him better? No, it's is, because he's blue. I mean, Sower of Temptation. Like, so is he just Sower of Temptation? No, he's not as good as Sower of Temptation, but he's still pretty good. I mean, 
Sword of Temptation was very, very good. This guy's a little bit bigger. It's got a similar ability. Well, so, Sword of Temptation, like, actually just takes her, dude. <laughs> I mean... So let you beat down with her. Like, it's de- like not quite as good as Sower, but pretty good. It's de- <laughs> it's denying them resources. So, you know. Like, they're obviously not just going to reprint a Sower. That card was very good. I mean, they wanted it to be a spirit, not a fairy. Right. I guess. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I I like this deck. I think it's I think it's cool. Um, the issue I think people are having with standard right now, and something that people want us to talk about, is like, so Delver of Secrets was just insane. Did they realize Delver? this card was going to be that powerful? Right. Like, well, it's taken it's taken over. There's <clears throat> it's everywhere. Delver is that a good thing? No, no. All right, here Delver. We were talking about this earlier. Like right. when you look at like how well Delver did. Like when you look at like. Baltimore Invitational, where like you have a lot of high level players playing, and so many of them are playing Delver and they're doing well with it. Okay, that's awesome because you're like, oh, okay, that's amazing. Then you know, like every it's, it's kind of de facto the best deck right now. Okay, right. So you take that and you put it into a situation like the Baltimore Open, where not the best players are playing, and you have a situation where your top eight is not riddled with blue white Delvers because you know that there's so many Delver lists in the room, but it's not. Just it's like Cobblade. It's like just because you sleeve up the best deck doesn't mean you're going to do the best with it. There's a lot of game. There's a lot of interactions. There's a lot of situations where you you want Nobby understood the deck so well that he just made it the nuts versus the other decks. Like you, when you understand a deck the way that the higher level players do, you just get so much more out of it. Well, like I, it's very easy to be like, oh, I want to play Castle Lingering Souls. I want to Snapcaster Mana Leaks. Yeah, duh. So like something very important I think about Yu-Yu's deck is that it played. Uh, three up Gutshot and one Mutagenic Growth. Yeah. And it is Gutshot a sorcery or an instant? I don't know. Sorcery. Or instant, excuse me. It's, it's an instant? It's a, yes, sir. So it also gets the value from the Snapcaster Mage. And, mm-hmm. like, I, do you think that he just, like, leveraged that throughout the day? Like, I haven't seen Gutshot in these Delver decks. It's It showed up like, do you on think that, and off for a long time. Do you think time. that benefits you over the course of a Grand Prix that's going to be 15, 16 rounds that, you know... I think he understood, can... like, when you go to a situa- into a situation like that, he knew that the better players he was going to have to face against were probably going to be playing a Delver deck. Right, and there's yeah. so many X1s in that in that deck, just right. in general, that uh, whether they're making token makers, Delver, non well, it's just Snapcaster... No, no, no. The biggest thing that you get out of playing against the Mirror with Gutshot is that you they're literally just time walks. Because they play right. a sword, they go to equip, and you're just like, cool, get you. Kill your dude for like, free. Yeah, or for well, the two life. Well, it's more more than that. It's just like, they're like, you're tapped out because you made an aggressive play with like a geist or something. They untap, they play a sword, they go to equip, you're like, boom, gotcha. I just time gotcha? you. Yeah. I mean, uh, most of the, we do have flip delvers. Uh, we just talked about how pyroclasm type effects aren't that good against uh, the the deck in general because of the dungeon geists. It's not and, good against Yuya's deck. Well, okay. That's what I was saying because well, he doesn't play Delver, with the, the creature generator, the, the token generators. Okay, fine. Now let's say, let's say even if, because I don't think that the token generators have been as popular, especially after Matt Costa won that, that GP. I think that actually, uh, the, like, Gutshot is not that good. It's only good on the early turns. It's, it's all, I mean, Maybe sometimes you get to time walk them if you've kept them off of every blind Delver flip with your Thought Scours. Because even if you Thought Scour after they ponder, like you, st- there still is a chance that they just blind crush it, right? Which the, it's still good again. You still is, have Gutshot uh, against turn one Delver. Right, you're getting the Delver anyway, right? But the thing is, 
you're, you're not going to use it in a situation where I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that you're not, but I'm going to say that very rarely does that come up where you get to time walk them for the five mana with the sword and equip. Because, like, first off, it takes this deck a while to hit five mana. Because it's not really all about, like, drawing cards that much. I mean, sometimes it's about, like, fixing your draws or whatever, but mostly you're trying to put spells on top of your deck for your delvers, etc. And, like, the gut shot on something when you would put a sword on it when you get to that point in the game is going to have two man two toughness or it's going to have a uh, shroud or hexproof or something i think one of the really impressive parts of it is that the fact that it's an instant speed free spell means that it's always a threat and so it like if it's in your graveyard and you have two mana open your opponent has to be thinking about like oh does he have snapcast right. or can i even make this play or oh he's got two mana open and two cards in hand does he have a Snapcaster gut shot? Can I make any plays? Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of... Well, that's of... the thing. That's the thing. Like, it's been a while since these Delverless has been playing that many gut shots. Like, the the traditional blue-white one was playing them in the board, and the Esper one that, uh, you know, Finkel played right. to hide, to hide the finishes was playing a one-of main and one in the board. Right. So, I mean, it's been like a thing. Like, if, if you kind of know that your opponent's going to be playing a stock list, you don't expect them to have more than one gut shot in their list, you know, if any, okay? So, you know, the fact that he came with three of them, like... Like, yeah, I mean, he's... Heat, like, it's just... What he's trying to do is just beat them in the first few turns. Like, so, before they even get a chance to even play some kind of mid-game against you, he's just crushed you with his opener. Right, right. Like, he wants his Delver to be flipped and his Geist to St. Draft, and then these gut shots and these Thought Scours are going to try to keep you off balance right. and if, if, long enough that, like, in the mirror at least, that Right, that, that and happens. if I don't have the gut shot to kill you, then when you ponder, hoping you haven't blind flipped it, like, you're not the luckiest piece of shit, then I've crushed you off of your ponder, too. Does, uh, so, Rune Chatter's Pike gives the guy first strike... Is it plus? Yeah. Is it plus, plus X plus O? Plus X plus zero. Okay, I was just making sure it didn't pump him on the back end because no. it seems very powerful. God, that'd be if, if real good. To do that. Um, I, I, basically, I, I could talk about the mirror all day long because that's what the format has devolved into, and that kind of sucks. Do you think it's a, a healthy thing? Like, do you like is standard still healthy? Like, there are other decks, right? The best. The best players are playing it, and the other players are... I mean, it's it's a lot like Cobbly. I, I know you've said this before the cast. Basically, uh, Cobblade was played by basically everyone and was only won by the people who were playing it the best. But now it's we've got Delver, and we've got other decks that can compete with Delver, <coughs> but you've actually got the people who can play it the best are still winning everything. Right. Like... You had degenerate cards in Cobblade that you don't have in Delver, but to some extent you kind of do. Like Delver is very strong. Like I wouldn't say he's degenerate, but he's pretty bonkers. Like he's not like Jason Mind Sculptor good. He's not like Stoneforge Mystic good, but he's definitely Wild Nactal good. Yeah, for this so like for this format, yeah. You know, like he's he's a very good card. All right. Well, I, like part of that is just because he's blue. And, like, we've seen Delver of Secrets happen in every format now. Just every format has Delver of Secrets as Well, every format's playing Delver of Secrets, and every pl- format's playing Lingering Souls. And it's right. just like, what the fuck? Like, uh, Blue Zoo, it, it's, it's, this deck is basically just Blue Zoo without the bad mana. 
because it's blue. Because blue, right. get, because like That's all it is. Uh, reality check. All the decks that have Delver of Secrets in them are blue, so by nature they have counter spells too. And like, is that a good thing? Is that a healthy thing? It has disruption. Like, it does, I like, mean, yes. Like, I, I, I'm scared of this card. Like, I'm scared that this card. Like, if Wild Nacatl was was bannable in Modern, like. This card seems... Well, Tron is crushing modern. This card, no, but like... And so this is Seismic Assault and all this shit. This card seems on par with Wild Nacatl. Agreed. I mean, without even trying, like, we've made that analogy already. Like, I'm, I'm scared that this card might just be a little bit too good. And I don't know if it, like... It, it's going to be in standard for a very long time. We can't rotate it out next year. Delver, we're going to well, be with this card for the next year and a half. Well, here's the thing that's about a long Delver. Time. Like as I many times of like someone's like blind flipped a Delver, I've also played against plenty of opponents who played him on turn 1 and they've swung for 3 damage over the course of 3 turns. Like, like it, there's yeah, it a never lot flips. of times where it just doesn't flip. Yeah. And th- that's the weird thing about Delver like he like you can situate your deck in such a way to make your draws as good as you can. But the thing is, like, Delver is an aggressive play that wants to play backed up by other creatures. Yeah. Because it's, it's a three-power one-drop, you know, in essence. Right. But that being said, for it to be a three-power one-drop, you have to play less creatures. Like, you have to play with cards that are instants or sorceries. So it's kind of like a weird thing. And, like, Delver has done a lot of things, like, to fix your draws. It plays with cards that are instants or sorceries that make creatures. Yeah. It plays with cards that manipulate like, your library. Be, like it blue does... inherently means that you get those things. Right, yeah. right. But you're still playing with decks. Like, you know, as as far as it being a blue-white tempo deck that has very aggressive draws, it's still not playing that many creatures. I think it's playing, like, you know, 12 creatures, something like that, you know? Like, four guys, four delvers, like, you know, and then a spattering of other spells. Right. But, I mean, for the most part, it's playing, like, 12, 12 creatures. Somewhere so, that 12, 12 to 15 creatures. All right. Here, here's, so it's not a heavy creature. Here's where there. I see it playing out. This, this is my future site. Is Avacyn Restored comes out. You get a new draft format. So hurrah. But standard will probably largely look the same until until the new set in the fall comes out. Hang on. When we rotate out Ponder, I think when the new core set comes in, we lose Ponder. Like they're not going to give us another like crazy ass cantrip that sets up the top of your deck. And as soon as Ponder leaves, you're not able to set it up as much, and hopefully that sets Delver back enough that they don't have to do anything drastic in the format changes. I think we're always going to have a Ponder effect. We're either going to have Ponder or Preordain or something along those lines. Like, we're, they're always going to give us something. It I mean, might just be a bad version. They get, like, it might be something like Serum Visions or something like well, that. They're going to give us a bad one blue manipulate the top of your library I don't think card. that's true. I don't think that's I, I don't think can't that's remember always. any time in Magic that we didn't have an effect like that. Sure, when blue was really bad and Jund was the best deck, there was no effect like that. Ponder was in M10. There was, actually. Was, really, was Ponder yes. legal at that time? Yes. Yeah, yeah. they just didn't okay. play it but because we had Jace it. the Mind Sculptor. Sure. And okay. that was bad. Like, okay. Because but Jund I mean, was like, the there was deck. a time before Jason Mind Sculptor got printed that, like, Jund was just the best deck and nobody was still playing Ponder. I mean, like, right. Because but, but you're right. Not it, a good but card. you're right. It always existed. Ponder is this, not a good card. This might be a time mm-hmm. where Wizards has to look at their core set and look at the cards that are in standard right now. One of the advantages that they have of rotating the core set every year is that it's, an, it's a chance for them to affect the format and try to stopgap it and change it enough. And that's something they've expressed interest in because they've they've made it very clear they're like holy crap there are tournaments every single week they're standard every single week the formats move really fast and the best decks get boiled down very quickly. incredibly quickly
the formats are moving on very quickly now, and the best decks are getting boiled down, like... Super fast. Like, super fast. So, uh, basically, like... Uh, I don't know where we were going from here. I'm sorry. Well, we're, I we're, you know, basically, like, <laughs> when we have a situation where Delver is clearly rising to the top, like, all the best players are choosing Delver, you obviously get some kind of reaction decks right. to that. And one of the reaction decks that have come about is something that was being brewed... Like a month, two months ago. Uh, well, no, like even that. longer than that. Like, when Kibler was kind of innovating, like... Bladebreaker, right. yeah, like Bladebreaker, whatever that was, and that was kind of like the early incarnations of this deck. But that deck was really cool. Was that the deck that just jammed like five, six blades in it, five, six swords in it, and then just like it was trying to play that. any creature to that. equip it to it with was, the accelerants? It was all right. Well, it was trying to make like Lan- that you were it was like at. it was like Llanowar Elf and then a sword, and then you put the sword on the Llanowar Elf and you just attack them. Well, it was more so. This sounds god. So, so what I've what I've I'm got sorry. here is uh, it's kind of like. It's the upgrade of uh, Todd Anderson's Mono Green list, which is kind of like the new iteration of the Blade Breaker list, and it's kind of like the evolution of it. Um, so the, the the A plan of Todd Anderson's deck was like jam a turn one and accelerate, play a turn two sword, and then turn three you just equip it and slam, or you play some other, like Garrick, Relentless, or anything. Uh, it was jamming Dungrove Elders, Todd Anderson's deck was. It was also doing that, but that wasn't... Plan A or even Plan B. Sure it was it just was. A, it was like make a turn one forest and an accelerant. Make a turn two Dungrove Elder. You can't target. Attack you for three on turn three with a hexproof dude. It was bigger than everything in the format. That was Todd's game plan. Also, also a thing you could do in the deck, but really the way he described it in articles were was you played the turn two sword and you literally just killed him on turn five with your accelerator with a sword equipped. Or, this is like the worst plan. Or you have uh, just like. Strangaroo Geist, like, you just have a lot of them and just turn them sideways. You're just like, kill you with these things. Uh, that, that's literally his game plan. I mean, it was it may not have been the best thing ever. But no, I, I, mean, I, I like a deck that's well-positioned. I feel like that mono-green deck that they were playing was well-positioned for, like, the first tournament. Like, Star City, Star City Richmond was the first tournament. They were trying to beat everybody out of the gate for, you know, Dark Ascension is legal. Right. And it was... Legal on Friday, and their tournament was on Saturday. Well, that's why. Well, here's the thing: like Mono Green Aggro was a great deck. Basically, Todd Anderson has basically gotten to the point where he does this on a regular, right? Where he's like, "Oh, hey, let's make this amazing deck. Let's make Mono Green Eldrazi Elves, and then take it to a Star City event, maybe win a couple hundred bucks, and then." And next then, week, and then next like, week there's a next high level a pro tournament tour or a, that he could have went or, to oh, and basically right. just raped oh. face at. And next, he was just like, nope, I spoiled so, it last week. So yep. I could have given this to the national team. We could have all gone to Italy and, like, you know, represented America. Right. But instead I decided to, you know, this tournament's in Alabama. I'm from here. Me and my wife plus, like, our best friend are going to play it. We're all going to top eight. Let's get, like, you know like two thousand dollars out of it and then we'll go to italy and see how we do because you know that's that's to spoil the tech the week before <laughs> so a similar thing happened here where there was this star city event right after the release and then the next week was grand prix honolulu right no it was honolulu it was the pro tour well, it was pro it, tour, yeah. it was the pro tour so and he did the exact uh, same thing. Hey, check out this sweet bellowing tangle worm. Bet you didn't see that one coming. And then... Oh, wait. Everyone then, at the Pro Tour saw that coming because Channel Fireball openly said, yeah, that blue-black deck with Nafala Drownyard, we thought it was real fucking good until Todd Anderson showed us <laughs> bellowing tangle worm, and we were fucked. Pretty much. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so we all switched. And 
Uh, they all switched to some version of Wolf Run that, you know, also was middling for most of them. So basically, so. Todd, when you come up with these keep it nuts, in your, keep you, it in your pants, you man. That's mono green decks. Just don't. <laughs> like, it's probably the nuts. You're probably right. Take it to a real event. Don't win a couple hundred bucks at a Star City event. Right. <laughs> but, um. Well, we got, we got a Jason Yap here at Kuala Lumpur. He you can't say that. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Racism. So, uh, we uh, we get to see this deck evolve, and it's really cool. Right now, what what I'm really excited the card that I'm really super hyped about being out now is is Hellrider, and like that card's so good, and I've been waiting for it. Like it's been played before, and Kibler when he was in at GP Baltimore was like, "That's the one card that I really wish I was playing in my Red Green Beats deck." Like I cut it the last minute, and I'm I was very sad about it all day. And uh, I don't know. He's got four Huntmaster of the Fells and some Phyrexian Metamorphs where he gets to just like copy all of his really good shit. Just Hellrider is so good against Planeswalker. Oh, so good. He's like a new Bloodbraid. Like he's like so good. Like he just makes all your like little dirtly dudes in the beginning. Right. Like just like even if, like they don't do any damage. They're right. just like just eat you. I'll turn sideways and deal damage to your Planeswalker. Right. Like I don't even have to connect. Cool. You block with your little life linking zombie. I don't care. Like yep. Just turn sideways, do damage. Like. And I don't know. You know he, he's trying to get you drunk on this. Awful I know. Beer. Look at this. This awful. <laughs> um, Chang. Beer. Chang. Isn't that the guy? Chang, who, isn't Chang, that the guy whose deck Chang. we're talking about? Uh, are we talking? Are we really talking about Hellrider? Uh, you mean Raid Bombardment as a three-three Haster? Uh, it is Raid Bombardment, except with a body, and the body is worth it. It doesn't die to a straight-up Galvast. Oh, you don't have to tell me. I played Bramble Snap he's, with he's Raid kind Bombardment. Of like a so four, a four-three Haste. For I'm four, on board, which is kind yeah. of awesome. Uh, can we play Goblin Bushwhacker? Is that card still legal? Oh, I wish. Oh, not still legal. Uh, but it's okay. Hellrider has haste anyways. Oh, okay. Well, sweet. Another card that's been coming out recently that I'm really excited about, uh, not coming out, but I guess being played more, is Red Sun Zenith. Uh, it's also been played in, in Jay Smitty's deck. Uh, Isn't the, it just a Disintegrate? It is basically Disintegrate, except it shuffles back in, which is really cool. And it's kind of really important because it gets rid of undying creatures and stuff. Uh, uh, what? It's a little bit different than Disintegrate. Why? <laughs> because Disintegrate... Was used to be worded in such a way that you could disintegrate a creature for zero and then lightning bolt it. What? No, with this creature, with you this could card, disintegrate a creature, target it, do zero x equals zero, and then lightning bolt it, and it would be removed from the game. Why would you right. do that? Because because you don't have three. Sometimes mana. you needed something removed from the game. <laughs> because you only had two red mana, and there was a three three that was that annoying. <laughs> right. That drudge skeletons uh, just would not the, get out the, of the way. People, people played disintegrate. <laughs> no, if, people if were it, playing anime dead. Okay, if it, if it was it's, drudge skeletons, you would have just disintegrated for one. So, like, what? It's pretty close. Red Sun Zenith is. Uh, it, it says if it would be dealt damage like this turn. So you, have, you only have to do it for if it one. would be dealt damage this turn. But by, with, with by the Red, Red Sun, Sun Zenith, yeah. Uh, so, so you you, so you, you still have to do it, nope. but for one, not for zero. Sorry. Worse than worse than disintegrate. It is worse. You it is a little you worse. Can't Red Sun but Zenith it's better than disintegrate zero. because of shuffle effect. Right. You get to use it again. Yeah, but it's not. You're really going to advocate Devil's Play, really? I think Devil's Play is better. Absolutely, but Red Sun Zenith has a lot of like really cool applications in the format. No, no, no. Red Sun Zenith for sure is good against the zombies deck. I will definitely give it that. Yeah, because like. Those things I'm fearful of. Or Strangler guys, I never really care about. Even against the mirror. <laughs> like, that's a Strangler guy. Eh, fuck that guy. Like, it's just a bear. Like, 
Just a bear? I mean, by the time I day and it comes back as a 3 2, I should probably just have a backup warrior. Right, right? Let me, let me, I, I play Tumbleman. Whoa, exactly. hang on. Let me tell you a little bit about just a bear. My natural. My. Bear. My sealed deck in Nashville had three Dawn Treader Elks and one Strangaroo guys. Just bears. All right? Sorry, and they're all bears. just bears. Just guess, bears. Guess which bear was a better bear. Just bears. Hmm. I don't know. The one that came back when it died? Yeah, it was the one that became a 3-2 oh, when, okay. when it died. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations. Loyal Cathar. Yeah. Right. I drafted uh, three Loyal Cathars in two drafts. Boom. I had to first pick it twice. Best bear. He's a really good bear. I'm all about bear. bears. I love bears. He's a common bear. I love bears. Strangaroo guys, oh, uncommon bear. Loyal Cathar, common bear. I love bears more than you know. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the other the other thing uh, I'm excited about out of this top eight. I know this isn't actually new tech, but I just really like the blue black zombies plays Liliana. Just had to throw it out there. Just really excited. I just like the shit out of that. Black guy. decks that abuse their graveyard play Liliana. I know. It's <laughs> just right. a newsflash. <laughs> right. I mean, there's different zombie builds. There's red, black, and there's blue, black. Okay, Right. So, like, they play different game plans. Like, you know, blue, blue black, I think, might be a little bit better because you get a little bit more play with Phantasmal Images. And the, the Claustra Highborn effect that you get out of Diagraph Captain is actually kind of really, yeah. really relevant. But it's not tech, it's not completely cholesterol high well, You don't gain close. the life, but, but it is close. close, yeah. Um and but I mean the black red, I mean there's definitely stuff to say for it. It's it, black red I feel like just plays out more like red deck wins. Right. And like I feel like red black is red deck wins, whereas blue black is more like fish. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like you just have like an early game into a decent mid range deck, and then the blue red uh, the black red version is just like beat down, burn you out, finish it. And and you're not you, you, like with the blue black zombies list, you're not actually like countering spells, but you've got disruption in other ways, which are really important ways. I mean, uh, interesting note about the two blue black zombies list that top aided Kuala Lumpur. Uh, one of them is uh, skimping on some stuff to play swords and an extra uh, tragic slip and a guess verdict. And one of them is playing straight up four Phyrexian Obliterator. Not so... <laughs> so good! Is Phyrexian Obliterator a zombie horror? No, nope, it's just a, just horror. a horror. Just a horror? It's, mm. Is it a zombie? Doesn't need mm. to be. No. I mean, I guess if it was a zombie, it would pretty much be the best zombie ever. Like, I, I mean, like, <laughs> as far as, like, older formats are considered, and especially casual formats, it's already a very expensive card. And if you made it a zombie, Man, it would probably I, be a $35 card. I'm glad that I held on to my foil that I ripped. Because I was just oh, going to sell yeah. it immediately when it was worth like 15 And now it's worth $45 because it's probably. a foil. Yeah. Who knows? Nice what life. I don't even know if that's Sick true. Brags. Um, I want to go on Sick a... toilet I'm paper. sorry. I want to go... <laughs> right. I want to go on a rant here. Uh, I oh think Ross Messenger is not a good card. I'm sorry. You're an idiot. I really just don't like the card. It's slow. People, like... When Mike Flores wrote an article... And he was like, this is a Kitchen Finks. This is a picture of a Kitchen Finks. And, like, this is how you read every Mike Flores article, especially the preview ones. Hyperbole. <laughs> especially the preview ones. You scroll down. Like, you look at the opening picture, like, that you click on for the link. And it's usually a picture of either the brand new card's art that you've never seen. Or it's a picture of, like, some old card that he's going to try to say. Is a new card. This is the card. 
So it's a picture of a Kitchen Finks, and I'm like, oh my god, Mike Flores is previewing Kitchen Finks again? Oh shit, this is going to be real good. So you scroll down, you see a Kitchen Finks, and you're like, oh, so sweet. Like, it's going to be like some kind of sick Kitchen Finks. And then he starts talking about Dark Ritual, and Black Spells, and the history of Mono Black, and I'm like, oh man, so this better be like really sick. It's got to be like Kitchen Finks that drains for two. This is going to be like the nuts. And then I see the card, and I'm like, wait, so it comes back bigger, but it comes into play tapped? Off, off board. Don't care. I'm sorry. Like, literally coming into play tapped, I feel like, is the slowest mechanic ever. And that might just be my angry attack you forever self. And it might just be because I like to play limited a lot. But triple black is your converted cost. And coming into play tapped for a, a your opponent loses two life, you don't even get the life. You don't even get that life. I mean, like, honestly, I think this card is not good enough. At least for limited. Where I like to play most of my games. I play a lot of limited, I'm sorry. No, like, he's awful in limited I think because that card is like triple black. I but... think the card is like really restrictive, hard to play, and coming into play tapped, I feel like is just giant liability. It, people broke it with Phantasmal Image. I think that's really cute. Um, I still think it's not very good. The card is nuts with... <sighs> I really don't think it is. Right, right, you deck, just haven't played against it. Wrong. No, the, card, wrong. the reason that the card is really good is because blue-black zombies... Just without that card, we'll just roll to a day of judgment. Yeah, like, I like, mean, like, the yeah. grave crawler gives sure. it a little bit of play, but you know, if you go like day of judgment well, and they're just like, okay, well, I have to have another zombie to follow up, and then I can bring back this cool. grave crawler. So it came, so it came but, out in the same set with grave crawler, and I feel like people have have stapled grave crawler and Garal's messenger together. Correct. Like they literally took a they, staple and put them together and said four of every of, deck. Your your board consists of Garal's messenger and grave crawler. And Diagraph Cap. Or Diagraph Cool. I'm okay. Saying, yeah, and so then, like so you're when just they like, cool, you, I've got this two, two, you. this three two swing, and they're like, Cool, I wrath you. Exactly. You get a three four or four three and, and you get a to two, recast one. your things from the graveyard. Yeah. Right. I understand. Like I get it. You still don't get to attack the next turn. Like the control deck is still like I feel like in a pretty decent position. Most of the decks that have a Wrath of God probably have another Wrath of God waiting for you. <laughs> are the blue are the blue black zombie <laughs> decks playing mana leaks? No. no. Like, do they have that? Like, so they don't actually have any real resistance? Some are playing counter magic in the board, but for the most part, they don't. Like, I, I feel like as the control deck, I'm just not scared of your triple costed 3 2 that drained me for two. Like, that's not an aggressive. Like, I just You're don't not. care. You're not scared of that. You're scared of the 2 2 that he played on turn one and the 2 2 2s that he played on turn two. Like, okay. that's what you're terrified of. I rat You're terrified guys. of that clock no, that he put on you? No, that's fine. No, that, and that's then you, fine. Then you day. I rat those guys. You're right. I rat your first three plays. Cool. And now you're at eight life, and I play this Dross Messenger. No. I'm, okay, maybe I'm at eight life. So I play this Dross Messenger. Now, now you're at six. Okay. Cool. Deal with me. Cool. I will. That, what? That's the thing. How? Like, and you're like, cool, I'll day you. I'm like, cool, now you're at four. I'll play another one. Like, it, it's just like, you. The, the Zombies deck has so much... The reason that it's so good right now is because it just beats the board sweepers. Like... Slag storms, day of judgments, whip flares, whatever. That's not the metagame, just, though. Isn't the metagame a bunch of Delver decks and a bunch of like equipment Delver decks that play like Geist of Saint just, Traps and are not attacking just, you all the time? Also, just bouncing their stuff is pretty bad. <laughs> bouncing with Grouse Messenger is pretty bad. Vapor snagging that guy is not the best thing to do. But like the metagame is very open right now. If you if you keep tapping out your mana, if you keep tapping three black to drain me for two every turn, I'm pretty sure I'm going to win that game. Like seriously, <laughs> like it, I don't think you've played against this deck enough to realize yeah. how good it is. Like 
There's so much play. I'm saying in that like, deck, if, like if I just have a bunch of unsummons, like if I just have vapor snags, sure, untap with your dude. Now attack me. I'm gonna vapor snag it. You're gonna spend another three mana. That's and what put I did it on turn three. Again? I like, played with eight one drops. If you wasted a vapor snag on Dross Messenger, that means you're really low on life because my turn one play and my turn two play are eating no, your I'm face. Supposed to have already beaten those guys. Oh, gotcha. What? You traded with a Delver. Nice play. Yeah. <laughs> if I got to trade with my Delver, I'm happy. Like, I'm gonna play the long game against you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't really play blue black, so like, like maybe I just like am unimpressed with this card, like because I only like to play certain types of constructed decks. But the the, the deck just like the card just doesn't scare me at all. I'm like the 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 deck is a lot better. I mean, I don't particularly care because I play decks that just kind of beat that. But I play with cards like Tumble Magnet and shit like that that most people don't. Like Tumble Magnet's pretty good against that guy. Like, but like just most decks that are trying to beat that like uh like the reason that a lot of the ramp decks has fallen off is because of this deck right like their board sweeps don't do deck? anything this, yeah. their board sweeps don't do anything because they're just playing a bunch of pyroclasms that exactly like can never beat it yeah or they're right. like or they're playing like pyroclasm like they're playing whip flares and slag storms but like they're just gonna lose the card advantage race it just doesn't matter they're like cool i play this girl's messenger it's like cool well I'll, I guess I'll I just, day you, and you're like, cool. I guess I just I'll don't understand. Still, just attack you. With I guess stuff. I just don't understand standard at all. I just, I think that that card is not the end all. I will say it's uh, not the end all. It's I will just say very good. I will say Gravecrawler. I'm very impressed with that card. I think it's got a real future. It's very, very good. Absolutely. They weren't able to reprint Bloodgast, but they got real close with this card. And and I think in older formats, I think that a deck with Gravecrawler and Bloodgast, even though they're not both zombies, I think that that. They definitely have a future together. There's going to be like a, a weird nether graveyard type deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like whether it's whether it's some like kind of like green black pox build or something like that. There's a, there's a legacy build that uh, in just involves uh, nether spirit right now that uh, Ali and Trazi played against me at the Envy. Holy crap, that deck was insane. I would, I so, did, you, did you see? Reduce I'd like to pox explore those options. Back in the day? I did. Back in the day, like. Yeah, a couple like, months ago. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I saw. That card's nuts. Or that deck's nuts. So good. Playing Abyss. I know. <laughs> the Abyss. Uh, Alan Andrazi was playing. Oh, what's the What's the black one? I, I don't know what's called. It's a, it's a black. It's a black enchantment. I think it costs three and a black, and it's just mana leak. It's just an enchantment. Your opponent's spells cost three more. Really? <laughs> Damn. I can't There's remember like, that. What? That's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes you just look goofy enough that your opponent just loses. <laughs> your hair grease just gets all over your opponent's <laughs> cards, and they have to like. I'm get... not gonna bash the guy for having shitty facial hair and greasy hair. <laughs> <laughs> He's my brother. We here at the Scrubland Podcast hold no hold no bars against <laughs> anyone. We're gonna make fun of you if you look like Screech. If you have a funny hat. If you have weird hair grease, tattoo of your own name on the arm, <laughs> tattoos of your own name on your forearm, um, these things are open for ridicule. If you're a fat pro from North Dakota, ooh, guess what? He lives in Roanoke now. Oh, awesome! As so, of this, that weekend. means he can come here and beat you up. Yeah, he's gonna come whoop oh your ass. <laughs> wow! Uh, apparently, Chris Burrow's gotten a, gotten a wrestling match with uh, Eric, Brown. Eric Brown, who definitely has 200 pounds on you. Yeah, and I and, won. 
he claims that he won. I wasn't there, so I, I definitely can't. won. He tapped. <laughs> he tapped. Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't just like a declared victory. And you also uh, almost beat it was up like ben an Schwartz, abs- he right? couldn't breathe. It was what? an absolute victory. Beat up ben Schwartz, right? Ben. Sh- ah, well, that was that was a whole different story. Uh yeah, Ben Schwartz and your um, Jew gills. <laughs> I heard a Razor Verge thicket got used as a coaster. You? Oh, that's true. Also, um, uh, I'm sorry, enti- Kensby. An, an entire humans deck was ruined by beer. Uh. Eric, you owe me two heroes of blade holder. Eric Brown, Eric Brown knocked the shit over on the on the humans deck. Yeah, piece of shit. We'll get it to you. It's okay. Um, Just give me pretty heroes of blade hold. I gave you ugly ones. <laughs> we'll find them for you. Hero blade holds apparently like a twenty four dollar card now. So that's twenty ish. We'll get them to you. I don't um, know. I definitely lost a place at a Lotus Cobra as a Brosis before. This is true. the this look. This Which is the, I replaced. This is the That's price true. you pay for hanging out with the Scrubland podcast. <laughs> Sometimes all right? you just get beer on your cards. Some, <laughs> Sometimes like, DCL will throw up on your Garrick. <laughs> That's also true. That was my own Garrick. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> what a story. This is still playable. Kind of. Was, yeah. You told, you probably told me that story like three times in the first year I met you. Yeah, so I was so drunk one time. Check out this character. Proof. <laughs> I had to throw away all those Cloud Threshers and the Oversoul of Dusks. So, but this Garrick. This Garrick. This I couldn't, I couldn't bear to throw it away. It was it was still playable. So I he made the cut. <laughs> Gross. Gross. Oh man, I'm like I was really scared. I was like, I'm gonna get deck checked, and they're gonna say that this card is like marked. Why is this watermarked? Oh, that's not water. That's all vodka tonic <laughs> and lunch. Uh, it was uh, chicken fried rice. Num actually. num. It wasn't Mexican bananas. They weren't Mexican bananas. They were real bananas. I promise I you, they were frigging plantains. They were not plantains. <laughs> they were plantains. Just because you buy them from a Mexican supermarket doesn't mean they're plantains. They were bananas. They were smaller. It was smaller than a regular banana. You ate it, and you immediately threw up all over my car. That is not true. I didn't immediately <laughs> okay, throw up. It took, you it took me an minutes. hour. It took me an hour. Whatever. We went to, we went to Wendy's and got you some chili. You all over everything. <laughs> you wouldn't pull over. All over the outside wouldn't, of the Sprite bottle. You wouldn't. Uh, pull over wouldn't and it wasn't all over everything i tried to use the water bottle it's true you puked inside i had to watch you puke inside a water bottle it doesn't work the by the way no <laughs> it's just everywhere basically it's like a giant explosion that like radiates off of the top of a water oh, bottle god just the um, worst the, like it actually was, just makes a bigger mess yeah because it, goes it was it was kind of chunky oh please. and like so it didn't go in plantain. it didn't go in the hole it weren't plantains they were bananas Plantain. I I will. To, Your body was poisoned by uncooked fruit. <laughs> I don't think that was. Why would nature grow a fruit that only hurts you? <laughs> what? Are you joking? Why would they sell you a fruit that hurts you? You had note, to cook let's it. Go have cigarettes. Yeah, let's have a cigarette. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think it's true. I'm I'm going to stick to my guns. They were Mexican bananas. That's the end of my story. We're going to go get cigarettes. We will be back with a beer of the week. Maybe another standard deck list. Who knows? Oh, plantain. Stay tuned.
crumb stepper. I don't know what they were. Probably some of that cookie cake you threw at someone the other day. Cookie cake? There was like remnants of a cookie cake and you threw it at Burroughs in his computer. That definitely happened. It's still in here. See that? (laughs) Uh, You don't remember this? You dumped it on me and it's all over my laptop. I don't know what cookie cake there was. There was was one from Brian's birthday and you dumped it and it's still in my keyboard. Um, Would you like to see the chocolate? You can still see it. I mean, I'm going to believe you guys because you're, <laughs> you're like selling it very convincingly and you have stories that seem to match up. So. Also, there's cookies in his computer. <laughs> right. Those cookies could come from anywhere. Right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't just want to be blamed for crumbs that all happen to be in your computer. Mishaps. Yeah, I'm right? a bad kid. <laughs> like, so. I, like, I just, I, like, I can't just like accept blame for every crumb that happens to show up in your computer. <laughs> now, if you had to like, if you told me like some sob story about having to shampoo it out of your hair... Is that, why you, is that why you shaved your head? Uh, no. It is. It's because you had so many cookie crumbs in your hair that you had to just shave your head. Obviously. It was unsalvageable. Obviously. Can't wash cookie out. <laughs> the cookie crumbs. Can't, too can't too wash, intense. Can't wash the shame. <laughs> can't wash it out. <laughs> All right. Oh, brother. So... Uh, speaking back. of Red Green Aggro... Yeah. Oh, no. Um, red Green Aggro. This isn't Red Green Aggro at all. Well, it is. Uh, well, absolutely is. We were talking about how Killer you, had, look, Killer had you, innovated red green aggro like a few months ago, back when it was a different metagame, but it had dump- very similar kind of uh, game plans. Okay, just ran, accelerate into a sword, make cheap dudes beat with it. Now, Kibler's innovated a new kind of deck. Right. Is it, is, is it the kind of deck that involves dumping a tray of crumbed, crumbed up cookies on top of your opponent's head? Actually, getting yes. stuck inside yeah, of their sleeves of their it's, deck, it's Naya and aggro. like making it really inconvenient <laughs> yeah. for them. Like basically, instead of like just getting the crumbs out of the sleeves, they just have to go buy new sleeves for their deck <laughs> and like throw those ones away. I like I play like it's actually unusable. Dragon sleeves get so gunky that they actually make it into the sleeves. Like you just yeah. walk around and like what the yeah. gunk in What's my going sleeves. On? I played against the guy at the Grand Prix who sleeved his cards upside down, like. And he said that it helped keep gunk out of them, and I wasn't really sure yeah, how that was fucking possible, sense. or like if it was. There's people who double sleeve their decks. Yeah, which, like yeah. I, I, I've seen that, like the double penny sleeve, like it's got the penny sleeves and then the the big sleeves on top of them, so that like no, no, no it's got the perfect fits. There's, there's perfect like, fit card yeah. sleeves, like, and then they go inside like, regular sleeves. There's ones that are smaller fit and the ones that are bigger fit. So you put the smaller fit and then into the bigger yeah. Fit. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's what I. But they don't play the penny sleeves. Yeah, they're definitely not penny sleeves. That's what I called a penny sleeve. I didn't know it was called a perfect fit. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that being said, they hand you your deck, and I'm like, are you playing a sixty or seventy card deck? Like you just like pick up a deck and you can kind of tell how many cards it is. And I'm like, whoa, your deck seems enormous. Whoa. No, no. Apparently, they're like, no. I mean, you can count it out. Not like I, I do, because guy, can you imagine flipping Delvers in those decks? It's so annoying. <laughs> no, I, you, there was this guy who played me in GB Baltimore, and he had all four Delvers in one sleeve, and he just plopped it on the field, and I was like, that's really weird looking. And he's like, yeah, they're all in there. And then, like every time he went to play another Delver, he'd play the proxy card out of his deck, and then just. He just he was so quick about it, they just multiplied. He was like a magician of Delvers. <laughs> he just slip it out of the sleeve and he's like boom. <laughs> Poof. New Delver. <laughs> Voila. Um I'm sorry, I got us really off track, but apparently attacking people with cookie trays while you're blackout drunk is some kind of offensive measure that you shouldn't take. 
uh, I apologize for <laughs> my past transgressions. Let's move so on. Moving on. So, what if the mic picked that up? <laughs> I think it probably did. Bah. All right. So, um, Kibler innovated this Naya deck, um, which is. Um, he kind of makes it. He says it's just a Naya aggro deck mm-hmm. that has a pod backup plan. So he's he's running two Thalias, four Strangle Guys, four Blade Splicers, four Hero of the Huntmaster, Huntmaster, one Vorpede. What? One Vorpede. Okay, oh, but no. like I, I think the crazy thing about like the reason he's even able to say that is it's a Naya deck, a Naya Birthing Pod deck, but it only plays two Birthing Pods. So it. Like when you when you go down from four birthing pods, like to any number less than four, like are you still a birthing pod deck? Like, well, that's the thing. Like, birthing pod is one of those cards that like it's really good in doubles as long as you're drawing gas. Right. If you're not drawing gas, drawing another birthing pod is kind of awful. Well, the the way that the decks have been designed, though, gas is considered any creature. Right. Because of the way the decks are built. Right. Well, it's also got a zenith in it. Right. So in, so instead of making the deck in such a way that like every single creature is going to have this come into play ability that's insane, you make it so that every creature is this very good value guy that also happens to have this like kind of you cool know this like that, food yeah. chain plan of like well this guy can turn into this guy so it turns out to be a good guy like right. if I have to I'll turn my hunt master into an acidic slime I don't really want to do that but well, I can one of my friends uh, Brian Upham he did really well he day two at Baltimore and he was playing a Niapod deck and he was playing like four fiend hunters. Four uh, uh, Geist and four Huntmaster the Fells. And he would be like, sack my uh, Geist to go get a Fiend Hunter and put it on the Fiend Hunter that he just sacked. Mm-hmm. Sack the Fiend Hunter to go get a Huntmaster Fells, get back my uh, Strangler Geist. So he was like just yeah. not losing creatures. Right. He was just recycling a Geist. I mean, these are, these are the like, dream scenarios where you have double birthing pot in play. No, not at all. Oh, he was doing it over just over the turns. course of a couple of turns. Oh. Yeah, all right. And it was just like Jesus, just getting so much value out of it. Just like getting a, a hunt master every other turn it's when it's flipping because you're not doing anything. You're just making other creatures through your pod. Like that's pretty big game. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. It was pretty bonkers. Like I just saw him playing against Brian Brown, and it was just like Brian Brown wasn't even in the game. Never. He was just like just making a hunt master every other turn. So Brian Kibler top aided the Invitational. No, no, he made tenth place. He made tenth place. Okay, so he, like he missed on breakers, or he was very close. Missed on breakers, according okay, to so, Twitter. Uh, he was playing but, Maverick in Legacy, and he was playing Niapod in. So, like the the reason that we think this list is very interesting is because via Twitter, he like somebody had asked him to ship the list, and he was like, "Okay, well the list is here. Uh, just search my name." And then he got a reply from Wizards. I think it was Zach Hill, Zach Hill that said that list is seventy two of our seventy five from the Future Future League. Off of yep. the list that we had. That's why we made Graft Digger's it's Cage. It's the reason that we decided that Graft Digger's Cage was something <laughs> we needed to create. Um, this is very interesting. Pretty cool. Like that. That I like. I I thought this was like mind blowing and crazy. And then like off the cuff, Chris Burroughs just told me he's like, I don't think it's that interesting. Brian Kibler's a games designer. No, I don't think it's that of course crazy. He, of course he's going to break the format like that. Of course that he just like is in tune with exactly what the game designers were going to think. I, I, I feel disrespected. <laughs> no, okay, no, well, I feel disrespected when you make an offhanded comment like that and just disregard no, no, no. me. What I was trying to say was I think it's, I think it's like normal. There was disrespect all that around, sir. Brian Kibler, 
he's he's gonna come he, like he very consistently comes up with these decks that are like these are the kind of decks that R&D would be looking at and it's because he's a game designer like that's his job and I, I just I, like I think it is cool it was really cool that he made this deck but I am unsurprised that it's something that the FFL already came up with right I, I basically like we we've have we done the dissertation on Grafdigger's Cage about why they printed it and why they're putting it in the sets that are yeah. very close to the sets that they want to try to yeah. stop because, you know, the whole, like... They're trying to avoid fairies. They're yeah, trying to avoid they're fairies. trying to avoid the extended time of looking at tournament results to, to stop. Like, we don't think Birthing Pod is insane, but if it is insane, there's a thing to stop it. So right. you can't blame us for not trying. This card isn't even good. But it happens to be good against like a couple of niche things, mostly Undying and Birthing Pod at the same time. So we're gonna make that card, and we're gonna push it super hard. It's a one man artifact, so every deck can play it. So hmm. you can't complain. If you can't beat it, then there's a card. So quit your bitching. We made it. <laughs> now there is. Well, <laughs> I like I, I like that philosophy from R and D now. I, I think it's a I think it's a good philosophy that you know. It, it it gives them the the ability to say yeah we're going to keep printing powerful cards and we're going to keep letting you use strategies that are going to be kick ass but cuz i think if they just start making like weenies like pussy strategies that are like like they feel like they don't have any teeth like yeah i'm playing magic but it takes like you know seven turns to kill you cuz these are the cards that they gave us are the most powerful things like nobody's going to be excited about that you've got to be able to do the powerful stuff they just have to make sure that it's not like so dominant that everyone does it. So well, I played with a trinket mage package in my sideboard because <clears throat> just going and getting graft diggers cage was really good against blue black zombies. I never played against blue black zombies, but that was really. I mean, good it's got to also them. be good. against They don't Malirapod, play counter though. spells, and there's but like, it's got to be good against Malirapod, though. I mean, to like go get the Grafter's Cage against Malirapod? Like, isn't that isn't that like the reason? I mean, that's I, not not why I played it because I don't play. I mean, but you made but, a format of modern, but but like, <laughs> no, but I mean, like in standard, you can do that. Yeah, that's what, I mean. That's what I was saying. I played Trinket Mage to go get it and just set up just situations. Yeah. I mean, where they I like, knew that. That's why they played the Harmonic Sliver in the in the Malirapod. Yeah, but like I, I wasn't talking about modern at all. Like, uh, I, I, like I didn't know that there was a standard Malirapod deck. Right. <laughs> I always talk about it as Malirapod. That's just the term I use. Oh, I'm birthing sorry. Pod. I'm sorry. Like I don't, gotcha. I don't. I can't refer to it as anything else. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I don't know how to refer to it's it as Malirapod something that's not Malirapod. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's actually just not playing any players. Like, <laughs> my fault. I'm sorry. But so, Casby, like you, you do like to play like a Trinket Mage package from your board. Oh yeah, my board is playing two Trinket Mages, one Grafdigger's Cage, one Nile Spellbomb, and one Elixir of Immortality. I mean, you don't have and to against, tell me. I, I'm zombies. already sold. And against zombies, I bring in the two Trinket Mages, the Grafdigger's Cage, and the Elixir. I mean, but couldn't you just, like, against the, the Birthing Pod decks, you could just do the same thing, right? Well, I don't need the life as much against the Birthing Pod decks. Well, but, like, you could just Trinket Mage for the Grafdigger's Cage. Isn't Grafdigger's Cage supposed to be very, very good against them? I mean, it's it's pretty good. Like, the thing about, like, Blue Black Zombies just has nothing that they can do. Like, it just takes away all of their value from I mean, their creatures. Like, like the, so that it turns so, my Day of Judgment So on. it turns off the Gross Messengers and the Gravecrawlers. Right. Which they is, can't come out of the Which grave. is what I can't beat. Okay. And they have nothing to do against that card. 
No, blue black is traditionally just can't beat artifacts. It has a lot of problems with artifacts. So, uh, but Kenny Mayer played a very similar deck to Brian Kibler to uh, top eight finish in the open series portion. Correct. He kind of scrubbed out in the MV and played in the uh, the, 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 the open other series side. and the open side. Um, as a player of that caliber will do, he just crushed everyone who wasn't good enough to play in the MV. <laughs> um, so. Um, his was a little bit different. He was playing the full four birthing pods. He did uh, have the two Thalia, but they were in the board. He had two Thalias, um, and he was playing, you know, the four oh, four he, blade splicers, four string root guys. He actually had two main as yeah, well. Main. I'm looking at yeah, yeah, he had the exact same Thalia split. I'm, so, I apologize. Um, I mean, I think he kind of got this list and from the Kibler ideas, if not right. him, like you know from players in his group. Um, Kibler has been touting that like Talia is just like the best card against Delver, right? Um, and it's very good. It's Absolutely. a two-one with first strike. Like most of Delver's cards can't beat that already. Well, like just any two-one with first strike, they probably are already having trouble beating. On top of that, it makes their non-creature spells cost one more. Well, a, a really cool thing, which I actually think this was probably a consideration of Watanabe and his crews, was that Kibler had talked about how good Talia was against Delver, right? Like, for the last couple weeks. Forever, yeah. And more so in the last week or so when he made the video and has been talking about it. So, if Talia is, is, is that good against him, Blue White Humans is a real deck, Pod's a real deck, people are playing Talia. Like, I think that's another reason why he played with so many gut shots. Yeah. Like, I think that that's probably a bigger Completely reason than reasonable. a lot of other things. It's just like, I have to be able to beat Atalia, And that lets you do it for one mana. Yep. So yeah, because you pay the Phyrexia plus right. one. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So, I like that. But um, anyways, beer of the week. We've got um, oh god, this Thai PBR, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just you just sprung it on me real quick. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, our beer of the week is called Chang. It uh, Chang Chang Chang. It was described as a beer that would be great to drink uh, along with a spicy Asian food. Uh, so, so we went out and bought spicy Asian food. Went out uh, and got a hooker, and her name was Lilu. Ah, uh, Lilu Corbin Dallas Multipass. <laughs> Lilu Dallas Multipass. <laughs> I was waiting to know where this was going. Um, spicy Asian food. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to. Uh, first off, thumbs down the China Panda next to the Total Wine where we got the Chang. Because, well, China Panda disappointed. We told the lady, spicy. Spicy, spicy. Like, for real, spicy. And Chris Burroughs, was our, was our food spicy? No, not even a little bit. Like, actually completely bland. I ate my egg roll in the car, and I knew it was going to be a bad experience. Because I was like, my egg roll kind of doesn't Sucks. taste like anything. It kind of just tastes like fried egg. Like, wax <laughs> egg. Yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't really taste like like it, I, I can tell it's got like a carrot and some like it's got like normal egg roll stuff in it. All right, all right, but all right, all right, all right. I'm like not excited about it at all. No, this is important to the to the review of the beer. I, I promise. <laughs> so uh, I feel like our lack of good spicy Asian food has diminished my appreciation of Chang's beer because it has been told, it has been decreed. That you must eat it with a spicy Asian delicacy. I eat beer all the time. I mean, I I, I like to eat <laughs> spicy Thai food. Apparently, went to Chinese places. There's also like how to properly six spice elephants on here. There um, are some sweet pictures on it. Thailand apparently 
loves their elephants. Do elephants have tusks, like normally? Yes. That's like a real... Ivory? I'm just making sure. Um, like, the, Actually, elephants were genetically engineered to have tusks. Well, I was just making sure it wasn't so, like just like ancient elephants, like mastodons. Because I knew that like ancient elephants had it. I was just making sure that like like modern day elephants still ancient had tusks. Ancient elephants like mastodons is probably the best one. <laughs> you know, ancient elephants. Shut the fuck up. The mastodons. This of is ancient my beer Egypt. review. This is my beer review. If I want you to get in on the beer review, I'll tell you. Right? I was just fact checking. You're the okay. one with the computer. You're no, fact checking if elephants have tusks. I wasn't sure. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure this picture was factual. Guys, is, is moss a plant? Look, now we know, uh, what's, all right? What's the big cat with stripes? <laughs> Tigers? No, that's not it. No, lions, I'm man. It's something else. It's, something it's, got a, it's like a cheetah, but different. It's like a cheetah, but it's got, it's got stripes. It's, it's kind of like a zebra, except it's like orange. Oh, oh, it's a cat. It's a leopard the that tiger. changed his like, spots. I, like, I saw one named Simba, but I wasn't sure if that was like really his name. Also, Simba's not a tiger. Simba. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm t- like, there's a there's a cat with stripes. Okay. All right. Just tell me. Tell um, us about this beer. How many Changs out of Chang Chang Chang? <laughs> uh, this is a beer of Thailand. How many and, tusks? Like I, we haven't we haven't uh, zero re- on these modern elephants. <laughs> we haven't reviewed a uh, foreign beer in a while. At least not a beer from the Orient. We reviewed a couple German beers and a couple Belgians. But uh, a Thailandish beer we've never uh, we've never reviewed. I guess it's just called Thai beer. A Thai. Well, this is this is kind Thailand-ish? of a mainstream Asian beer. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, like right. this, Tao and Sapporo are probably like the most mainstream of the Asian beers. All right. Well, I so never... when you have a mainstream Asian beer, it's gonna be like the PBR, the Budweiser of that culture. All right. Well, I didn't get chastised immediately like I did for Foster's with this one, so I assume that it was at least <laughs> somewhat. At least assume that it was at least, fair, at least is better than somewhat. <laughs> somewhat uh, reasonable. That is true. Um, I don't even like beer, but I know Chang's is awful. It was. It was pretty bad. Like yep. I mean, like I'm not gonna say that it was. You know, like, like I've had some American beers that are god awful. And this one was not as bad as those. I'm talking about like your Milwaukee's best. Like it's not. It's not like that. The bad. beast. I'm like. I'm not talking about the beast. So so on a scale of one to elephant piss. <laughs> I'm saying like I'm gonna give this two elephants tusks. Like there are two. Like there are two elephants on here, and I'm assuming they have four tusks, even though there are only two pictured. Peach. So right. I'm, yeah. Like I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. Two out of four tusks. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. We're good. We're good. I'm going to give it two tusks. <laughs> two tusks for Chang's beer. These genetically engineered modern elephants with tusks. Yep. Two, uh, two tusks. Let me, let me go through the listener. Uh, All right. Stuff. We got some listener feedback. We got some Facebook requests. We got some Twitter requests. Hopefully. Vencer versus Koth. We have slowly Those been building. really cool. We fun. have been slowly building our Twitter following at Scrubland Cast. We are currently up to three. Uh, we have just three. <laughs> something like that. And it's growing every day. So, so. if you want to follow Twitter... Follow we'll Scrubland we'll, on Twitter. We'll get there. We'll get there. No, I mean, like, me and Chris Burroughs have been have been hitting the Twitter. Uh, I don't have a Facebook account. I randomly got access to the Scrubland podcast Twitter account. And then I kind of like this. Just so, talk about Charlie Sheen. Um, so you, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. All right. We, so we got, we got, we got, um. Twitter lightning round. Here we go. Lightning round. We have 
48 dollars in the top 16 of Indy. Pretty much we covered that. 48 dollars? That's true. 48 dollars in the top 16 of 48 Delvers is more than eight decks worth of Delvers. Seems kind of high for uh, fair. They top 16. Two different cards. Top oh, okay. 16. Sure. Top 16. Right. Oh, in the top 16. Okay. Thanks, guys. Cool. Got it. Um, also, that seems kind of high for a fair card. No? Yeah. Okay. We talked about that a little bit. Like, it's kind of awesome. It's just awesome. And we don't care because it's beatable and apparently it's probably not going to be that good. Assuming cool, they, assuming they don't reprint Ponder. Awesome. Uh, scrub Deck of the Week. Do you have a Scrub Deck of the Week for us, Casby? Ooh, I was talking about it earlier. I saw yeah. a mono green list on Moto. Yeah. That was <clears throat> four Garrick's Companions, uh, three Skin Shifters, four Black Green Swords, two Red White Swords. Um, it oh, was God. just mono green beats. Sounds oh, awesome. God. All right. I, I'm a big fan of this. We'll put a link. Casby. I'll find it. You're, 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 make a, make a Facebook note. See, what I do when I'm make bored a Facebook is I, I just dig through Moto deck lists <laughs> and find just awful These things. These are things I like to. <laughs> All right. Stay around. Make a Facebook note. We'll, we'll, we'll get it up there. Uh, All right. Next question. We have, we just want to throw out there that we have the first of the four, uh, Charles Leagues Presents Drafting with Scrubland series this Saturday at the time capsule starting at, uh, I believe two o'clock. Uh, it's going to end in four weeks. The, the last 21st. one is on the same day as the final draft, Ravnica draft. And we hope will be wasted on whiskey and good times. And we hope you guys uh, make it out for what, Today I, is March 27th, World Whiskey Day, by the way. Yep. Really? That is true. BT dubs. Uh, also, random side note I want to add. Actually, it's the 28th now. But random note I want to add, uh, start Wizards just let us know that they are will be releasing a uh, new token that is one side a 1-1 one, one human and the other side a 2-2 two, two wolf. I don't know really what that has to do with anything, but it's really cool looking. And it's, the first, and it's the first thing of its kind. I thought that was cool. I mean, it'll definitely be in the new set, so. Yeah. Sweet. Um... So then we have Twitter. Twitter says, uh, do you think that they will reprint Baneslayer Angel and Avacyn Restored? I don't think so. Probably not. Um, Probably not. Yep. And uh, But it could. What about the voices? That'd be really cool if they were printed the voices. Voices of? Like voice of law, voice of reason. Voice of all. Voice of truth, voice of all. Ooh. That'd be like cool. Like the ones that have, like, they were 2 2 fire support. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that, like, how many angels did they print? Like every angel, like every white creature will probably be an angel. Like no, like no, hu- like no humans are gonna they make. I hope they like, make a Grizzle Brand. Like they're gonna move. That would be oh, sick. the Grizzle Brand. Yeah, like oh, they, absolutely, he's there. I'm saying they probably just move the entire human tribe to green and just print all white angels. That's that's my prediction. I don't care. I just want. I just want to have a Grizzle. Brand. I hope there's a, like a picture where Grizzle Brand fights Liliana. Is Grizzle Brand green? No, he's no, black. no, he's black. Oh. Black is, he's a demon. Black is he's the one that shit. trapped Avacyn in the rock. I don't know. The party like, he just he just he, he sounds like a grizzled kind of guy. So I, was, I, I assumed he was like a lumberjack. He's got one hand that's a giant hook and one hand that's a hammer. Oh. I just assumed he that's like how wore a lot he is. of. That's pretty I, this sick. Demon doesn't need doesn't hands. need hands. Just kill stuff. Just things that kill. Wait, wait. Is that a Man. sickle and a hammer? He's a communist demon. <gasps> What? Commie demon. All right. Next question. Uh, Travis Poo says, thanks for trolling me, Chris Casby. I love you so much. <laughs> uh, and that's... Whoa. That's going to do it. it, it, it I, got, I got one. Absolutely nothing. nothing. So I got, a, I got a quick one for you. Um, 
Paul Ritzel won Grand Prix Mexico with a top eight draft list that was basically planning to kill all of his opponent's creatures by turning them into two, car two cards. Uh, Traitor's Blood, frigging Alter's Reap. Boom. <laughs> he had three of Traitor's Blood, two of Alter's Reap. How cool. So how many, cool. How many torturers did he have? Uh, what kind of torturer? The Falconer torturer. Oh, no. That card's really I don't good think he, I don't think he had it. It's a common. Yeah, I don't think he had it in his list. All right. Sounds terrible. Off the top of my head. Good job, Paul Ratzel. You won Very a cool. GP in a city that barely had internet connection. Yep. And Matt Sperling left you there. <laughs> Huzzah. Whee! I don't know if you made it back in the country yet. 3,400. Yep. No, but that's pesos, so it's like pretty hard to, you know. The conversion, it like, I mean, joke's on you. <laughs> what a dick. Matt Sperling's just like, peace. <laughs> and I'm with Mexico, that, man. my friends, we're gonna have to you know close up shop. Kids, I made fun of out here. Jeez, they're here gonna get Scrubland podcast. Uh, you it's can find us. Become that time at Scrubland Cast on Twitter. You can find us uh, Scrubland Podcast on Facebook, and you can email us anytime you want. Scrubland Podcast at gmail .com. We love to hear your feedback. Uh, this has been Burroughs Gatsby Sale To uh, have a good night, guys. 